The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Art is Our Perception is proudly supported by Arts Manehiku. Check them out on Facebook. Are you involved in the arts in Southland? Are you an artist? Is your organisation involved in the arts? Do you need more people to know what it is you do? Media training, social networking or website development? Do you need help with professional development? Or just getting in touch with the right people? Talk to Arts Morihiku because they're here to help. Email them, kia at artsmorihiku.co.nz or look for them on Facebook. The Arts Advocates for the South, Arts Marihiku. This is Radio South on 96.4 FM. You're listening to Art is Our Perception, a show brought to us with thanks to the good people at Arts Marihiku, the Arts Advocates here in the South. And if you need their help, advice or support, you can contact them by emailing kiora at artsmarihiku.co.nz or check out their Facebook page. Uh, a little, and that's polite Kiwi understatement, excited uh, to be chatting with our guest today, uh, Jennifer Ward-Leland, who many will know from stage and screen across the years, but this time in a directorial role for a show that we get the pleasure of seeing here in Invercargill, coming up at the Scottish Hall Thursday, March 16th. Uh, Jennifer, thank you very much for joining us on Art is Our Perception. Um, the play is called Hannah, and we'll touch on that very shortly. It's... it's um, it's potentially confronting in some senses emotionally, um, but uh, an exciting one-woman show that um, is touring extensively around New Zealand. What was it that attracted you to go, hmm, I think I'd like to have a, uh, a go at directing this? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. So Hannah uh, was brought to me by the actress who, who acquired the rights, and her name's Cassandra Woodhouse, and she really wanted to work with a director who was experienced in, in one woman or, or, or one person shows, which I've done, directed quite a few of. And I thought it was a ripping yarn. I mean, it's a first-hand account of a young mother who, who uh, unwittingly has her infant daughter swapped with another, but doesn't find out until the child's three years old. So already that's an exciting premise. Plus, I think the challenge of working in a in a one-person show is there's only you. You don't have another actor to bounce off. You need to be able to maintain and hold the energy of the room and hold the energy of that play, you know, in the palm of your hand. And that is a real skill. And Cassandra really wanted to learn that, and I really liked being a teaching director. So it fulfilled a whole lot of things for me. How to... I I consider myself quite a... um, What should we say? Well, a critical audience member in that if I'm not interested, you know while I'm watching the play that I'm directing, then I don't think anyone else will be interested. So if my attention and if I'm, you know, captivated by the play, then I can, I feel pretty confident that most audiences will be too. Uh, So all of that stuff and and being able to teach craft along the way, I I just found it a really satisfying experience all round. And more so that it's touring the country with arts on tour. So, you know, this is a really good opportunity for any performer to practice their craft night after night after night and seeing our beautiful country. 
Do you find it easy to disconnect from your theatrical uh, interests to just be a regular audience member? Probably no, in the same way that anybody who is, you know, has been at their craft for 40 years, you know, sees a lot more perhaps than than other people do. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy things at, as much. You know, if it's a great play, it's a great play, and if it's well-performed, it's well-performed. But certainly I can see, um, you know, little pitfalls that perhaps could have been attended to that would have perhaps kept the audience more on the on the edge of their seats. Um so, yes, I suppose, short answer, no, no, com- can't completely disconnect. But, you know, I like a good play as, as, as much as anybody. So I'm always going in there wanting to be, uh, to be entertained. Cassandra, how did you meet her? Well, she actually contacted me. I, well, actually, I met her on set of a commercial that she was filming. And, uh, and she got talking to me about this play that she had and said, you know, I'd love to be able to send it to you and see what you thought and whether you'd be interested in directing. And it was sort of really just that kind of brief conversation. And then she followed it up. And I was very busy at the time. I said, look, I don't think I've got time to direct the whole thing, but how about, you know, we come in and, you know, have a couple of hours together and, and see what we've got with uh, with this material and, and how we could approach it. And, of course, once I started, Darren, I got hooked. So there we go. <laughs> and then... COVID happened, so it was probably the longest, one of the longest, uh, most protracted uh, directing experiences I've had because, uh, you know, we, we went into lockdown and so we were doing some sessions by Zoom. And, and in many ways, I look back and go, well, for all the time it took, the play just got more and more embedded in her. And that's, that's always a good thing. So, you know, you look back and go, well, it wasn't your classic sort of four weeks in a row rehearsal period. It was probably nine months. But um, but we got a very uh, profound experience out of it. So it's really had a chance to, to percolate with, with you both. Um, what were the challenges of directing whilst disconnected, you know, using, using Zoom as a tool? Yeah, I, I don't like it, but... For this play, because it was just one woman, it was a really great opportunity to embed a lot of the pictures in her mind. And when you are performing in a one-person show, you really need to have a lot of anchors. And, you know, I I say this as someone who's who's done that. You need to be able to really anchor your performance in visualisation. So, you know, so that you've got a very clear pathway through because you don't want to get into a panic and go, oh, have I said that? Or, you know, to, you know, get, get yourself mucked up with the story. So having kind of markers along the way is very useful. So that Zoom period was really great for kind of establishing those pictures in her mind. Suspension of disbelief is something that uh, I, I think audience members have become a little more accustomed to in the last couple of decades and that they no longer need to be presented with a box set um, and and have everything visualised for them. What's it like, though, with Arts on Tour taking a show that requires a reasonable amount of of the audience having to to do some visualising themselves into the provinces? Mm, Well... I, I think it's a gift to be able to tour this country. I've, I've done it quite a lot, um, not not without on tour, but um, you know, I, I I think the the provinces deserve as much 
of uh, of the arts budget as anybody, and uh, you know, I was very disappointed that Arts on Tour lost some of their funding actually, mm. because I think they fulfil a really vital role in uh, in bringing the arts to the provinces. Um, but you know, for this show, she's got carpet tiles and six chairs, and those six chairs become everything. Uh, and I think audiences are very accepting of that because if they're being held by the story, you know, they'll be they'll believe anything, they'll accept anything. That's the wonderful thing about theatre, isn't it? We don't need to have everything laid out in front of us with, you know, uh, a, a couch and a chair and all of that, and, you know, and a working kitchen necessarily. If we're told that's what it is, we'll believe that's what it is, if it's done well and skillfully. Are audiences also more open to um, the types of shows that, that they'll attend now? I think so, absolutely. And, and of course, the, the wonderful thing is you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, do you? You know, you, you're teased a bit with the, with, um, you know, the, the, the publicity and what have you, and you get a sort of an idea, but it's only when you're in the room and experiencing it that you get the full, you know, the full experience of of the of theatre. So I think audiences, you know, and let's face it, if it's not your cup of tea, what is it? One and a half hours out of your life, you know. <laughs> so um, and that's what I love about live performances. We're all in that room together for that one night. It's never exactly the same. It's not a repeated television program. It's a live experience, and there is the chance to, if you're doing it well for whatever is happening on the stage to resonate with the people out in the audience because we're all having a human experience where the actor's job, as Shakespeare said, is to hold a mirror up to nature, mm. to be able to reflect humanity back at the audience. And if it's done well, uh, there you have true communion. And that's what live theatre is, is wonderful for, the opportunity to have communion. And I think in many ways what it brings about is one of the greatest of all human qualities, and that's empathy, which I think is kind of lacking in the world at the moment. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. And I'll give you a quiet amen there. So empathy in, mm. in the sense of, of Hannah, uh, you've got this, this young woman who is a mother who has a three-year-old who suddenly finds that not all is as it may appear to be. And yet this three-year-old is the mm. centre of her mm. universe, her anchor. It's got to provoke some, um, some interesting conversations as people leave the theatre. Absolutely. It really does. How do you find humour and relief in that? Oh, there is humour and there is relief because uh, we all start imagining our own, if it was our own experience. You know, that's what I was saying about, you know, there, there is what if it was me? What if it was my child? Would I want to give up my child? So all of that stuff about, you know, for any parent in the audience, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's very, very apt to think about. I mean... Gosh, I think when we become parents, we want looking at ads of, of children suffering. We all feel that because you think, what if it was my child? Um, and the conversation, you know, it's not, um, it, it's not, believe me, all, all dismal. It's a really ripping yarn at times because this woman is going, well, what do I do? How, are they going to take my child away? And goes on this trip, you know. Uh, and I think the relief that, well, I don't want to give away the end, but there is certainly plenty to talk about. But it's not in in any way a depressing experience. It's certainly a, um, golly, challenging in that 
we start processing what it would be like if it was us. But uh, I, I think people will come out with a lot of things to talk about. It must be interesting when you have an actor come to you with a show that they want to see uh, go to stage, that that um, that passion that they have for it. I'm guessing that transcends to the performance itself from Cassandra. Yes, and, you know, Cassandra hadn't ever done a one-person show before, and I really admire her for seeking the play out, for seeking me out, and for making it happen. You know, that's not easy. Uh, and, you know, she went, I want to be, uh, you know, a good performer. I want to practice my craft. I want somebody who's um, a good teaching director. And she made it happen. So I absolutely take my hat off to her. Is there anything theatrically that's still in your on your to-do list, Jennifer? <laughs> Golly. Everything, everything and anything. So as long as I keep working, Darren, um, I, my, my little motto to myself is I always work with great people on great creative projects. I never quite know what they're going to be, but it seems that every year something else, something exciting turns up on my doorstep. So right at the moment I'm in rehearsals for The Unruly Tourists. And I'm not sure if you remember, but in 2019, a family came through mm -hmm. from Britain, came through the country, <laughs> yes, and sort of left a trail of havoc. Um, anyway, that has been made into an opera that New Zealand Opera commissioned. And uh, so I'm performing, I'm one of the tourists, so me and uh, three other musical theatre performers, but of course, everyone else in the cast are opera singers, which is wonderful because we're already kind of alienated, you know. Um, and uh, so that is... It's just a tremendous thing to be doing at the moment. But I've just also performed a cabaret of Rock Follies, which was a 1970s British um, a glam rock girl, fictional glam rock girl band program, and uh, it toured that to the Hamilton Arts Festival. And I would love to bring it down to Invercargill sometime. But that's an hour of, of fabulous costumes and music and, and excellent 70s banging numbers. <laughs> uh, and then a little bit later in the year, I'm going to be um, performing in King Lear for Auckland Theatre Company. So could I get three more different experiences in the first six months of 2023? I don't think so. What is it about the stage uh, and the many stages that uh, that appeals to you as as a performer, as a director, as a producer? It's that visceral experience. It's the fear factor. It's the thrill of going on a journey in one night for one one show. Uh, it can't be replicated. Something about being in that in that live arena that uh, that what I mentioned before, all being in the same room at one time for a singular experience. So, uh, you know, actors are really brave. We step out onto the stage. We sometimes don't know what's going to happen. And let me tell you, sometimes anything can happen and <laughs> things go wrong and you have to cope. And, you know, I, I love that. I would never want to feel complacent walking on the stage. Those war stories are the fun things that make doing theatre worthwhile. Oh, yes. Well, that and the fact I met my wife uh, through theatre, which has been a tremendous blessing, so I'm not complaining about that at all. Mm, oh, oh, that's wonderful to hear that. Yeah, same with Michael and I. Yes, yeah, I was, was going to say, there's a theatrical connection. Oh, well, good heavens, you must have met us kids. I know. Hannah is... Well, I was. I look back and I go, I was 20. 
Hannah's an exciting show. Uh, so it's coming, as I say, to the Scottish Hall here in Invercargill, which, incidentally, speaking of my wedding, is where we had our reception. It's a lovely room. Um, oh. on, <laughs> on Thursday, the 16th of March, 6 o'clock. Now, here's the thing. If you go and see a show at 6 o'clock, and as Jennifer said, it's you know it's a little over an hour and a half, you can still go out for supper and then have a conversation about what it is that you've just experienced. And since you're only paying $20 a seat... It's it's it becomes yeah. the complete night out because there's nothing like art inspiring great conversations in my mind. You said it, and this is one to really talk about. Uh, as I say, tickets are twenty dollars through Ticketek. Do check it out Thursday, March sixteenth, at the Scottish Hall. The uh, play is called Hannah. Uh, it stars Cassandra Woodhouse. It's written by um, Sam Potter. What do you know about Sam, Jennifer? Well, um, firstly, I want to say Sam was very, very generous in letting us translate it to or transfer it to a New Zealand setting because the original play is all set in England. Mm. So uh, all of the, the road trips he takes is very much, you know, through, uh, through England, you know, through the country, through England. Um, but ours is through, it's from Auckland and going north. So we just felt that it was more relevant to New Zealand audiences to hear things like Countdown instead of Tesco's and and all, all sorts of things. So they were really lovely and let us, you know, make the story a New Zealand story. And it works perfectly. Just great. I was going to say, it must bring the audience in uh, even closer as well and make them, make them relate. Yes, it does. Arts on Tour, thank you very much for uh, allowing this show to tour. Hannah, uh, Jennifer Ward-Leland is the director. Cassandra Woodhouse is the performer. Uh, can't wait to see it. And uh, Jennifer Teatamera Ward-Leland, uh, kia ora. Thank you so much for your time on Art is Our Perception. Tēnā koe, Darren. Thank you for your time and I hope your listeners enjoy it. Are you involved in the arts in Southland? Are you an artist? Is your organisation involved in the arts? Do you need more people to know what it is you do? Media training, social networking or website development? Do you need help with professional development or just getting in touch with the right people? Talk to Arts Morihiku because they're here to help. Email them, kia at artsmorihiku.co.nz or look for them on Facebook. The Arts Advocates for the South, Arts Morihiku. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.